Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. Hey, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti. I've got Parker and Nate back with me, some young guys. Uh, last week, we talked about men think before they drink, and I hope that um, that conversation was um, helpful um, to think through uh, some important uh, decisions that you guys are making out there. Um, I wanted to add another one, and, and one of the things I think is so important for men to think about is the idea of men think before they speak. Uh, the power of the tongue. Um, scripture talks a lot about the power of the tongue. Uh, in Proverbs, Proverbs, it talks about that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so uh, just from a man's perspective, um, I wanted to kind of uh, help us think through the idea of um, our words have power and influence uh, into the lives of other people. Um, I think uh, they represent what's inside of us, right? What comes out, right? So it says from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, and so I think it gives you a, a picture into the uh, the heart of an individual when you can hear what they're saying. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of um, have you guys talk a little bit about this perspective and us kind of wrestle with a little bit about um, men think before they speak. And so who wants to start us off here and kind of wrestle you, with yeah, this? I'll start us off. All right. Um, so the power um, of the tongue, of your words, um, thinking before you speak is hard for men because we don't see the consequences or repercussions um, of what we say immediately, Okay. Uh, whether positive or negative. Um, so if I'm going to say something, um, whether sarcastic or rude or, or possibly tear someone down, is I probably won't see the effect of that um, either immediately or at all, um, which is tough to gauge to work on. Um, and also, if you say something positive um, to a person to uplift them or encourage them, you probably won't see that affect them um, or come back and reward you in any way. So the hard thing about the power of the tongue is it has a lot of power on the people that we are putting it on, but we don't usually get to see that. Um, so it is hard to adjust and to um, learn from that if we're not careful. Yeah, I, th I mean, I think if people responded immediately with how they felt um, by what you said, so if you said something positive, they were like appreciative. Uh, if you said something negative, right, they would, you know, kick you in the shin and, you know, like, oh, okay, that wasn't very nice. Um, that would help. Um, but I think, I think you know, the, the concept is um, sometimes you even see those things. I mean, I, I know in my own life, um, you know, I, I have a, um, a problem with being sarcastic, which mm. I used to think when I, was, when I was young, it was kind of the, um, I'm sarcastic and I'm witty and I'm smart. Um, and if I can put you down... Um, it, it was kind of a representation of, you know, you just, you know, you're not kind of at the level where I am. And I, what I realized is, um, I don't know why it, it makes me feel better to make other people feel worse, right? Like that's, that's a, that's a personal problem that I have. Um, and so, you know, through the years, uh, hopefully I've gotten less and less sarcastic Parker, maybe you can speak to that later. <laughs> um, but you know, where I, I try not to use, um, sarcasm, um, as a, as a biting tool, um, to put other people down in the sense um, where there's a lot of times where I'm literally biting my own tongue, right? Because that thought comes into my mind. It's like, no, you don't, you don't need to say that. You don't need to say everything that pops into your mind. Where, you know, in my 20s, it was kind of like, yeah, if it pops in your mind, you say it. Um, and now there's, there's, a, there's a filter, right? There's a filter there that it's kind of, yeah, you don't need to say that, even though you still think it. Um, Nate, what have you seen in that whole idea of just 
um, the power of men being able to speak into in a situation? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just think just the fact of how much power our words have. And, and I love this idea of like thinking before we speak, because I think as men, um, the first thing we want to do is, is we want to be the one to give the right answer. Yeah. Right, right. We want to be the one to, um, to, you know, I guess prove ourselves or we want to make the first comment and, and kind of take a jab, you know, if we can. And so I think, you know, it can be a hard, a lot of times to, to think before we do that. Cause it's so quick. It's almost like impulsive, right? right. We don't even think about what we're saying. Cause it's almost an instinct. Um, and I just have right here, James 119. I love, you know, being quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Um, I just love that concept of, you know, it's very hard as men. Cause I think we're impulsive, right. And a lot of decisions we make and, and especially, you know, as guys, um, what does that look like to, to think before we speak? Um, and so I think, um, no, I mean, so when, when you give me the concept that men are impulsive, one of the things that I think about, right, is, um, you know, all the training that we do for athletics, right? The, the concept is, is you're supposed to get to the point where you're good enough that you don't have to think about what you're doing anymore because you've trained so often, um, you know, where, where things just become um, a natural response to you, right? right. Like, you know, if, if you're thinking out there, we just got done watching, you know, Top Gun, um, and one of the lines in Top Gun, right, is, you know, if you're thinking you're dead, right? I mean, just you, you got to react, you got to react. But that reaction and the proper reaction comes from hours and hours and hours of training. And so if we're talking about this concept of, you know, the ability to speak and to say the right words at the right time, um, and you're saying, hey, you know, men are impulsive. I think what you're saying is men don't think about it. And so the first thing that comes up to their mind, mm -hmm. they're saying, but they're not, they're not putting hours of thought into um, saying the right words. They're not putting hours of, um, you know, training into putting the right um, message into their life so that when that opportunity arises now, you know, it's just, it's an overflow of what I've already put into mm -hmm. my life into the particular situation around me. What you're saying is in a sense, we're almost, we're acting right from a drought mm -hmm. trying to put something in, but we don't have anything of significance or meaning. And I think that that's a, that's a problem, right? Men are yeah. supposed to have something, words that are meaningful words that I always have this right words that are weighty. Um, it, it's the you know, idea of um, when I was young, there was a commercial for, um, you know, an investment banking firm or whatever called EF Hutton. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's a lot of noise out there of people telling you where to invest and where to put your money. Um, but if EF Hutton said it, it was like, oh, that, you know, that's golden. And so the, the commercial basically was like, you know, well, you know, well, my, you know, my investors, you know, EF Hutton and he said, and then everybody was really quiet. And then that person went, oh, it's like, oh, because EF Hutton is speaking. And I think we've lost that respect for uh, the weight of another person's words, right? Because words are just, they just kind of flow out of our mouth. Right. Like, you know, like vomit. They just kind of they just go out there. You don't really think about them. And I think that's the problem. It's not that men um, don't have something to say. It's that they haven't thought about it. They haven't um, contemplated. Um, and the, the words that they're speaking don't have a weight and a significance. So there really isn't any meaning. Um, and, and we can say, you know, things to, in a sense, flatter people when flattery. Right. Is a waste of time. We can say words that tear people down. Um, when at the end of the day, tearing people down to try to build ourselves up doesn't really build ourselves up. It just ends up tearing other people down. And I think that's a real problem that we have as men. We need to think about um, the words. And, and I think, you know, taking a step back, we need to think about what's going into our life that the words are coming out of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think we're uh, talking about Matthew 12 with out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. Um, I mean, if, 
it's started early. I mean, if you talked about athletics and um, just any sort of reaction mindset with things, but you think about education, um, you know, the first couple of years of my life, um, one plus one is two. And it's because that's told to you every day of your life until mm-hmm. it's memorized, until you don't think about it anymore. And if someone was to tell me one plus one is three, just as repetitive, um, that would distract me anytime I heard one plus one and know the answer to it. And so we're shocked when we're given situations, when we're given problems, when we're given experiences, and our answers are a result of the answers that we're putting into our mind, right? And so it's like if you have filth coming in, don't be shocked when you do something without thinking and it's filth coming out. Right. And so... Um, when that looks like, um, you know, what's, what are you listening to? What are you watching? Who are the people around you? Those types of things. But it's like from a young age, um, because we've understood the mind, it's like we want to preach repetitiveness so that when we do things, we don't have to think about them. And that's just true because mm-hmm. one plus one is always two. And once we get that down, we can do right. Bigger multiplication, bigger division. And those small things aren't a problem for us anymore. Cause it's, it's fact. We know it's true. Right. So, so one of the things that you just threw out there is if, if men think before they speak, one of the questions that you're asking guys is what are you putting into your mind from which those words are going to come? Yeah. Right. Where, um, you know, I have put a verse in here, Ephesians four, it says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up, uh, as fits the occasion, right? So the concept is, is if you're going to speak positive words in some regard, um, those words kind of have to be in the chamber ready to be put into practice, right? But if you're, if you're only putting into your mind um, corrupting words and corrupting thoughts, right? Then when you open your mouth, it's very difficult to have something that's positive and beneficial come out of your mouth. And don't be surprised when you put corrupting thoughts in somebody else's mind when they respond with corrupting thoughts. And it's right. just a cycle. Well, you had, you had the, um, you know, when we were kind of preparing for this, you had the example of, right, the two different ponds. Right. Explaining, um, reading James 3 with some guys and taming the tongue. And it's if you have a pond with saltwater and freshwater fish. And the idea is feeding those freshwater fish as being the positive people in your life, the people who encourage you, the people who um, are there for you, right? And the saltwater fish are the people who have negative influence and um, love um, corruption. It's like, choose this day whom you guys are going to feed or who you're going to serve. And so when you have um, corrupting talk come out of your mouth or saltwater, it's going to feed the saltwater and the saltwater fish are going to love that. But the freshwater fish are going to die, right? And it's like, how can I best every single day feed the positive, those godly guys in my life, those um, life-giving people, like the freshwater fish. And when I do that in result, the saltwater fish will hate that and will die. And even in turn, the saltwater fish would want to adapt to fresh water. And so when life is given out, um, death, right, has to choose between life and death as well. So, yeah, I think, and you know, in, in saying that we can't just complain that the world gives us negative messages. Um, if we're constantly, um, consuming those messages, so if, if, you know, if your media consumption is all negative uh, and all you do is, is whine and complain about the media being negative, um, social media being negative, um, you know, uh, what's coming out of Hollywood being negative, it's like, but, you know, we're, we're the consumers of that. And so we have to choose to consume something different. One of the things that, you know, I talk about constantly is I, I think men need to read more uh, and need to read better quality um, books. Um, books that um, challenge you in your thought process, books that um, put into your um, your heart and your mind 
uh, quality ideas. And I, I think this is, you know, the concept of you can either sit down and watch an hour's worth of TV or you can pick up a good book, right, and read um, somebody who's going to, you know, fill you with something that's quality. And, and you have to make a decision between those two concepts and you have to do that on a continual basis. And if you want to be able to speak uh, into a situation, into the, the life of people around you, something positive, then right, before you get into that situation, you've got to fill yourself up with those thoughts, those ideas, those words. So, so Nate, what does that, what does that look like for you as a, as a young guy? Um, how do you right, avoid some of the negativity of the world and fill yourself up with, in a sense, things that are quality? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of goes off of, you know, what Parker's talking about, of what are we feeding ourselves? Because what we feed grows, you know, we starve dies. And so it's like, if I'm feeding, you know, certain music, certain things I'm watching, the people I'm around too, I think that's a huge thing of, yeah. you know, you're going to start to act like the people you're hanging around, you know, regardless of if you want or not, it's just you have spent so much time with them. You're listening to how they speak, how they act. Um, I think for me, it's, you know, how are we watching those things that are feeding ourselves? And like, what am I feeding myself daily? Because a lot of it, we don't even recognize that it's going into our, you know, it's just, oh, those people I hang out with work. And those are people I, and I listen to that music. Or I listen to, or I watch that show. Um, it's not really something we think about, you know, and, and I love kind of what Parker's saying of, you know, it starts from what we're putting in, not necessarily from when we're putting it out. Yeah, I think that's a that's an important process to think through um, who you're letting to speak into your mm -hmm. life. Uh, and if those aren't quality individuals and those aren't quality people that you've got to um, begin to change the environment that you're around. Um, I'll say, you know, there's a there's a guy at the gym I work out and, you know, he'd come up every once in a while and he's like this, you know, you know, feel like he was free to tell some nasty, dirty joke or whatever. And I'm just like looking at him going, this is not appropriate. I, don't, I mean, he doesn't even talk to me anymore. Right. And I'm just like, I, you know, I, I don't think you need to avoid everybody mm -hmm. um, who's a bad influence. I look at, you know, Jesus, he was a friend of sinners. Mm -hmm. Right. But you can't let them corrupt you. Mm -hmm. And so if that's who they're going to be, um, in a sense, you've got to have um, a filter to avoid that and allow it to influence you. But you also need to take a position to just say, hey, those are things that I don't, I don't find funny. and I'm not going to laugh at if we want to talk about something else. I'm more than open to talk about you know other things that are important. Um, but I just think from a from a standpoint of, you know, so many men allow themselves uh, to be corrupted by the world and we complain about it, but yet they don't do the work necessary to put themselves in a different environment. Right. And to and to be different in the in the in the information that they're bringing in. So, Parker, what would you say to uh, to guys your age, young guys, about things that they can do to put themselves in a different environment um, and surround themselves by um, better quality individuals and ideas? Yeah, I would say it first starts with with this idea of thinking before, um, where we talked about that with drinking um, and now with speaking is it's not in the moment, right? It's not right, with alcohol. It's not when you're handed you, you think. It's it's not when you, um, a conversation arises then you think, right? The preparation happens way beforehand, mm -hmm. right? The the what you're putting right in your mind for a conversation 20 years from now could start right now. Mm -hmm. And so it's the continual preparation. That's what we like about the continual training. Um, but with people you're putting around yourself, I think um, it's important to have um, three different, I like to classify as three different types of people that you need to have in your life as a man who wants to continue in his training is you need to have an older, wiser uh, man, whether that's five years, 10 years, 40 years older, but it's, a man who is older, wiser, and has done life well. Yep. And find that guy to meet with the poor into and let him pour his truth 
um, his wisdom, right, to one day hide in your heart. And I think the second group of people is people your age have guys. Um, I've had the privilege of having Nathan as a friend who's my age to that we get to do life together. Right. Right. And he has words of affirmation, encouragement, and, um, and rebuke and those kind of things that are good for me to train up in. And then the third thing I say, but guys who are younger than you, you get to pour out with. And you get to learn from those guys too. And it's like, you, you can have those three areas of guys in your life. It creates conversation. It creates thought. It creates um, godly interactions that you can hide that into your heart. And so, um, and if I were to add a fourth, it's probably the most important is add God's word. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah. it's a given, but it's There's not. There's a standard, right? They always right. say, well, I, but I like it because we talk a lot about, you know, I mean, having a Paul, having a Timothy, finding an older man, finding a younger man. But I like that you brought up the importance of having guys your age um, that can, you know, challenge you in your walk as well. Um, and, you know, and the idea isn't necessarily a comparison, right? You're not comparing yourself to other people, but you're being challenged um, by by just guys your own age uh, where they're able to kind of call you out. And I, I think, you know, a younger guy doesn't really have that um, capability or that status, um, you know, an older guy, I think you kind of check what you're going to say when you're around older people anyway, <laughs> but you're, you're more honest in who you are with guys your own age. But if you can find some guys your own age um, that want what's best for you and that are not willing to, you know, compromise and aren't willing to allow you to go away with things, um, but are willing to, you know, call you out and call you up on things, I think that's an important reminder that the quality of your friends, the quality of people that you surround yourself with, um, is an important aspect. So I like that. Find an older guy uh, to mentor, disciple, train, find a younger guy so you can pour those things that you've learned into, but also surround yourself with as, as many, um, you know, godly quality individuals your own age um, to kind of keep that, you know, that, that balance and that check going as well. Nate, what else? Uh, I'm just kind of thinking of, you know, holding each other accountable with our words. Yeah. Too. I, I love what Parker's talking about. I think there's a lot of times as believers, you know, we can be around, you know, gossip or people kind of making jokes and we don't really want to say anything. We don't want to stand up for that because yep. uh, it's uncomfortable. Right. But I think we know, you know, we, we have the Holy Spirit inside us. So we know that's wrong. And I think, you know, standing up with words of, you know, correction and but also encouragement too. Um, when, when we see those, those words that are, that are harmful to other people, I think, you know, being a man of God and, and that's stuff to do a lot of times, you know, um, kind of like you said, you know, there might not be people who they don't, I talk to you again, but it's also, you know, if we're going to think where we speak, we've got to, you know, also hold each other accountable in yeah. that of, you know, and I, I think that's a hard thing is in a sense, nobody wants to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I remember, um, I was at one of Parker's football games and. There's a guy in the stands, a couple guys in the stands that are yelling at the refs, um, which, by the way, you know, the refs were terrible. Um, but anyway, they're, you know, they're yelling at the refs, and our boys are, are, are having a bad game. And finally, it just got to the point where I was like, okay, this is just you know, ridiculous. Um, so I stood up, I turned around, and I told the guy behind me, a couple rows up, I was just saying, hey, you can yell for your boy, right? You can yell for our team, um, but you're not going to yell at the ref anymore. And, and he gave me the line of, Hey, I paid for my ticket. I can say whatever I want. And, you know, and I, I was like, I don't want to be this guy, but I was like, no, you can't. Right. Not here. You can't. And I was just, you know, it was like one of those things where it's super uncomfortable to call somebody out for saying things that are inappropriate, especially in a, you know, you know, there's, there's times to do it and places to do it that are, that are better. Right. You know, grab your buddy, take them over to the side and say, Hey, you don't need to say that. It's hard to do it when you're calling people out and holding them accountable in front of everybody else. Um, but I did think that was kind of an interesting standpoint where one of the other guys came up to me um, after the game. And he's like, man, I'm so, I'm so glad you stood up and said that, you know, something needed to be said. And I was like, nobody wants to do it, 
But I think that's the problem, right? That's that's what it means to be a man is you've got to sometimes do the uncomfortable where you've got to hold other people accountable, even if they don't want it and even if they don't respond well to it, right? Just that's that's the way it is. That's what you got to do. So any last thoughts on men think before they speak? Yeah, I think um, something um, we've talked a lot about is the balancing of grace and truth with okay. your words. Okay. Um, I think um, a natural tendency of guys is, um, at least for me, is to really weigh on the truth aspect. Yeah. Um, and when we see wrongdoing, we come to the rescue to save the day. Um, and we forget that those people are sinners just like us who need grace. And so I think the way that we can think before we speak is remember right, the grace that we've been given to Jesus Christ. And it doesn't mean we abandon truth, but it doesn't mean we're also jerks about it when we give truth. Yeah. Um, so I think um, our way of doing that is simply being in God's word. Um, you know, the way that we work on that humility and that grace is seeing God's grace towards us. And then the way that we know truth to be able to give truth is we see that in scripture. Okay. So I'll say that just the opposite part from the person then receiving it, right? So if, if a person's coming to you and they're calling you out on something, um, don't worry about how well grace and truth are balanced. Yes. Um, you take the message and don't shoot the messenger, right? Does that make sense? And so that, that's one of the things I always, you know, learned as, as a kid is just find the truth in whatever somebody's saying to you, uh, even if they're not delivering it in a, you know, in the perfect way. But what you're saying is when you're delivering the yes. message, try to find a way to, to make the message more palatable so a person can receive it well. And you're I think both, both of those are, oh, right. both of those are super, super important. So Nate, any last words? Uh, just kind of one more thing of, you know, you kind of talked about when we're around certain people, you know, you're around the older guy. I'm not going to say that. Or I'm around the younger guy. I'm not going to talk like that of, you know, being kind of consistent with our words and being, because uh, um, yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, I'm around these guys. I'm going to talk like that. Or I'm around these guys and I think it's okay. Um, and I just Matthew 12, 36, kind of to end here, something I wanted to read was, but I tell you that everyone will have to give an account um, on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. It's yeah. just knowing God is, you know, God's listening to our words. Um, are we building others up? you know, we tear them down. And so just speaking words of life and love yeah. um, as men of God. Integrity is so important. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a great way to end that. So guys uh, think before you speak um, and think about the, um, the information that is going into your mind and into your heart that the words are going to come out at a later date um, and put quality things in surround yourself with good people. Uh, and I think you'll have a better opportunity uh, to speak words that are going to be meaningful and life giving as you go. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training4manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.